Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Set in rural California and Mexico's Pacific Coast, director Rodrigo Reyes's documentary film Sanson and Me is a moving portrait of an unlikely friendship of two Mexican migrants told within the framework of the dramatic clash between systemic forces and personal choices that envelop young incarcerated men of color in America. It's about storytelling. It is about class. It is about the prison system. There's so much in this film, Sanson and Me, and we're joined today by the director and producer of the film, Rodrigo Reyes. Rodrigo, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, Mike. Let's start at the very beginning of the story. How did you get it, to know Sanson? How, how did I get to know Sanson? You know, I, I, I was very lucky. I, I had a really interesting day job where I was a Spanish interpreter in the criminal courts in California. So that opened a window into really incredible stories, into an inside look at the system of, of criminal justice. And my very first murder case was Sanson's case. So it really hit me hard because I, I I was new to the profession. I hadn't really developed all these like, you know, like emotional barriers that you need when you do like a really intense job like that. And um, he hit me really hard. His story hit me really hard. And and mostly what what I was left wondering is, is who is he? You know, how how can this kid, 19 years old, be sentenced to life in prison? It, it just felt so um, just deeply, deeply wrong in a very fundamental way because his life was just beginning, right? And um, But I couldn't ask him any of this. I couldn't have this conversation with him uh, in court. You know, you, you have to be impartial. But then once once he gets sent away to prison, I started to write to him just to let him know I was thinking about him. And from there, we kind of hit it off and there was a spark, you know, for us. And and that kind of became the the seed for the film. You know, he 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 became my friend. And so then this journey started, you know, and it, and it went on for 10 years. How far into your filmmaking career were you an interpreter? So I became an interpreter like 12 years ago. I started in hospitals and I had already made a couple of films. None of them had really broken through, but I was already on the path. And for me, interpreting was was just a tool for me to be able to sustain my life, right? Mm-hmm. And I never I never thought, hey, you know, this is gonna be a place where I'm gonna find a story that's gonna take over, you know, my career for a whole decade. And in, in that decade, I made other films. Um, you know, I kept I kept working, I kept gathering ideas and tools, but Sanson was like, you know, constantly there. It was like this this you know overarching narrative, you know, in this in these ten years. And I would take something that I learned in this film and apply it to Sanson, and take mm-hmm. something else and apply it. Um, I, I want to explore the 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 evolution of your relationship with him, but I'm curious if being an interpreter. In, in some ways enhances or complements your storytelling, your 
your uh, filmmaking is there any is there any kind of overlap in that I think that especially for for documentarians, we are drawn to something that we have heard, right? We 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 participate in this very it's a very kind of revolutionary act of listening, right? And like I like to think about so many of the problems we have in the world, you know, pick your poison and the environment, for instance, so much of the battle is like listening, right? Mm -hmm. And so interpreting is all about that, right? Like very deep listening. If you do it well, you have to not only relay the information, but you have to also relay the tone, the inflection, the register, right? Is it someone speaking very sophisticated or someone speaking very, um, you know, in a very lowbrow kind of street level way? And so I think that is is very useful for me. The other thing that I learned is that you have to get past the first impression, right? And 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 so I cannot get stuck in my first impression if I'm sitting next to someone who has been a victim of something terrible or someone accused like Sanson. Like you have to be able to see past and and kind of respect um, that person's right to be heard, right? Because if I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to interpret better for 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 the ones I, I the cases I agree with, and I'm not going to do such a good job with the ones I don't, or I'm going to advocate for for this case or that, you know, you, you're not doing your job. So you have to have like this really basic respect. And, and then I guess that the other thing is you see so many stories that it's hard to be after a while to be shocked right like after you know these 12 years of being a registered interpreter it's hard to to be shocked you know you're able to walk into a situation and 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 kind of you know see it um for what it is and not not get overwhelmed by by the immediate trauma of things right and i think that's also helpful because i really hate it when i see a film and it's about the filmmakers interpretation of that trauma it's they, they they're not able to get deeper than that they're not able to have a deeper conversation they're just staying on the surface you know on that on that kind of like headline and and we as filmmakers have so much time on our hands and, and it takes a long time to make a film so so we we have to cut deeper right and interpreting has helped me with that the big difference though is that in interpreting i don't get to I don't get to have a voice. I don't get to have a point of view. And so I'm very aware of that difference. And I I try to to really push for that as a filmmaker to really find that voice because I'm not just neutral. I don't I don't think films are neutral. That's the big difference I think between being there and listening and helping the communication and then having a point of view. As an artist, if you don't have a point of view, I don't think you should be in the business of making art. I think at this point we should describe what Sanson was accused of. What sure. crime what crime was he accused of? So he was accused of being the driver in a drive-by shooting. He was the driver, the car stops in front of a house and there's a shooting. Someone dies, someone's injured and he's sentenced as a first degree um kind of offense which is uh you know like the worst kind of you know seriousness in a murder charge is first degree, right? And so that's where the conflicts begin, because there's no evidence that he ever pulled the trigger. There's no real evidence that he said to somebody, hey, I'm going to go and do this. In that moment, he's there. And he's also um, the oldest one of the two the two people involved. The other person involved is, a, is, is 15 and Sanson is 19. 
that was the biggest challenge i think in the in in telling the story it's like we all have a need to know right like why was he on trial was he guilty was he not guilty and, and so the film had to start from that um and so i would say those are those are the basic facts of the case okay. but uh the film invites us to go much deeper than that and to to embrace him as a human being in spite of the messiness right uh, you know it was his car he was driving um it was a big mistake and he he talks about it in the film as you were thinking about his story this is where when you were making a decision or formulating ways in which you could tell Sensone's story where this film is different from many documentaries that we're used to seeing and the challenges you were facing in order to tell a story to tell his story with him and also where he is this is also about uh, race it's about class it's about opportunities for uh, access to a judicial system that is weighted against people of color so there's a lot here for you to sort of grapple with and be able to tell this story let's talk about the the logistical challenges that you were facing in terms of telling his story well usually it's you know with a true crime film uh, you you interview people right uh hopefully the protagonist you have archive you have maybe insight from the district attorney or whatever with Sanson, we had no archive. We had no opportunity to interview him. Um, the prison officials told us that for them, it was it was like rewarding him for for his his conviction to to interview him, and, and which was bizarre to me because I was like, wait a minute, you want this stuff to stop, but you don't want to figure out why it happened. But that was the challenge. And in in the meantime, you know, Sanson kept writing. You know, and I kept writing and 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 the letters piled up, you know, and and then poems started to show up in the letters. And and then he started talking about his childhood and he he would expound on his memories. I, I was like, wow, here I have this incredible material. How do I make this into a film? You know, and I tried many different ways. I tried to do an essay film, you know, where I would narrate and then someone would do his voice. I tried to do animation. And all the while, I was very frustrated because when you're in love with a story, there's something in that love. There's like a little essence, right? There's like a there's something that feels right. You know, it's hard to explain, but it's very similar to being in love. And so I would look at this material that I was coming up with, like these 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 trials, and I did not feel like it represented what I loved about this story. You know, I loved his personality, his character, his his poetic kind of way of talking about things, very, very humble, very simple, very aware, uh, but also very deep, you know, and I, I wasn't seeing that. So it took a long time. I think it was um, 2016. I met him in 2012. So I think four years in, I, I went off to New Hampshire to this wonderful place called the McDowell Colony in the middle of the woods in the snow. And um, I took all the letters with me. I reread all the letters. And in one of his very first letters, when he we were started talking about the movie, he says, hey, you know, are they going to uh, let me out to be in my own movie? It's my story, right? Ha ha. And, you know, or are you going to get an actor? 
you know and then i was like of course we should we should figure that out like there's an who's the actor and immediately i was like well i've been in touch with his family his family lives in the places where everything happened his family hasn't heard his story they should be the ones who are invited to be the actors in this film and so he agreed with that and and you know another year went by before we could finally start trying these reenactments and it was amazing because that was the right answer you know it it just clicked but it took a bunch of obstacles you know to get there and I think that that's so lucky. You know, I feel, you know, at the time I was frustrated, but now I feel lucky because you need those problems to solve in order to make progress, at, you know, in, in making a work of art, you know. So I, I was so I'm so happy that we had that struggle because the result is really powerful and unique. When our minor listeners were speaking with Rodrigo Reyes, director and producer of this wonderful film called Sanson and Me, a documentary that will be screening on. We're actually opening in theaters on oh. March 3rd, a theatrical. It's, we start in New York and we head to L.A. and San Francisco and other cities. But then in September, it's going to be on PBS, on Independent Lens. The, so this decision to go forward, and I'm, it's so impressive to talk with filmmakers and artists about this kind of process of pushing away the things that just don't feel right and when you land on something that feels right to you as a as a filmmaker and pursuing it and i think it paid off beautifully in this film and that is in a manner of speaking and correct me if this perception is incorrect or you disagree with it in a manner of speaking when you went down to mexico and began that we well, already started the casting and began to shoot there is a kind of narrative component narrative film component to making this documentary which is this fascinating tension we see in the film between enacting it with people let's get into who you cast essentially or if that's a word you're comfortable using and in, in in this does that sound right yeah absolutely the act of remembering is the act of rewriting right like every time we remember we rewrite and the film embraces that the film i think in the moments where we're in his memories we we it feels like a neorealist you know, peace. It feels like something where you're like, it's very poetic. It has this element of a ballad. You know, there's even a ballad in the in the yep. film, a traditional form of the Mexican corrido, and and so the casting was crucial. The casting was, you know, like we 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 Sanson and I did this casting in our letters, and and there was like the shifting of like, okay, your 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 mom can be played by your sister. And your nephew can play you. In fact, he looks a lot like you. And he's got a lot of energy like you did. Uh, and your your niece can play your sister. And your uncle can play your dad, you know? And so we started shifting around all these roles. And, and then he wrote letters to his family inviting them to be in the film. And of course, they said yes. And then we, we had like a script that was more situational. Um, and I think... You know, that's something that I've learned just from from looking at the greats, you know, like the Rossellinis of the world, like they would create situations rather than try to control the action very tightly. You know, um, I think if you if you try to bring in too much control, those reenactments uh, start to feel really stiff and yes. they feel like you, you, you start to highlight the gap, you know, between uh, a dramatic production 
um, and a documentary that is stepping into this middle space. So I would create these situations and the family would, would, you know, with the trust of Sanson and the trust that they had in the project, they would step into these different situations and, and then they would get tweaked. You know, people would say, hey, I remember this differently. Or, or there's a scene in the film where where um, Sanson is, uh, has lit a field on fire, right? And he didn't tell me that. His sister told me. And she was like, oh, you have to put this in because this was like a key element of our of my memories of our childhood you know so there was this this interesting dialogue of like what do you remember and 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 yes it's it's rewriting it's it's a beautiful fiction i think when and 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 that's really what memory is right like we don't we don't remember every little thing of every moment we're we're telling a story when we remember and you're conveying a sense of place a sense of what was happening in 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 those moments, and it's funny to hear you mention Rosalini, the idea of a narrative, so-called narrative director, guiding the film he wants to make in what you just described, and a documentary filmmaker very much in that same space. And I, I hate to sort of sound like I'm pigeonholing anyone here, but it is it is about storytelling. It is about conveying some, the truth of the essence of what the story is about. Exactly. And I think we all understand that at a fundamental level, you know, like when they when somebody tells you stories of your grandpa, you know, we all have those stories where somebody somebody tells us a story of someone else in our family or, or or something that we didn't witness. Those stories always have a point. You know, they're not just the facts, you know, they have a point. They, they're trying to inspire you. They're trying to build respect or they're just trying to share some of the things that people have gone through. Storytelling is very powerful. And for documentarians, the key is, are you are you close to that essence or are you bending it or even breaking it for, for your own benefit? And And we've seen that in some of the controversies around documentary where there's too many liberties where where there's no um, connection to some sense of truth, and and there's a fine line between breaking a story and and rearranging it for you know to sell a ticket or whatever, or or to just choose the things that really flow right. Um, lots of other other trauma happened to Sanson, and you know his his life basically the story that we see in the film is is him going through all these like markers of of trauma right he loses his dad he ends up living on the streets after losing his mom as well you know he comes into the us undocumented and all of this happens when he's a kid but there were more there were more stories of trauma and and i think that that choice was where the art of filmmaking is it's like what what's the story that really that we can really tell here and give you a feeling of all these other things that we had to leave out you know and i think that's okay that's what we that's what we love in a story when when the choices are right yeah i couldn't agree more once again i want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Rodrigo reyes he is the director and producer of the documentary film senson and me and it will be in theaters on march 3rd and uh, be looking for it here in Los Angeles as well as in New York. Also, uh, be looking for it in over the course of uh, Independent Lens. It will be screening in on Independent Lens in September. A big part of this is the immigrant experience in the United States. It is also about class and race. It's also about our prison system and the sort of draconian. I don't know if we want to 
mention what prison he's housed in, but it happens to be one of the harshest prisons in the California penal system. And uh, the fact that, as is described in the film, the restriction of any sort of liberties that he might have, any sort of uh, uh, ways in which he can communicate with the outside world, et cetera, et cetera, are, are harsh and it's, it's hard to believe in some ways. Uh, do you Absolutely. want to talk a little bit about that, that part of the story, the prison system and the way we adjudicate people of color? Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, during most of the film, Sanson is in a very serious prison. He's he's isolated. He's alone. And um, and he's no longer there, but it's called Pelican Bay State Prison. And for people who know a little bit about that world, that's a very serious prison. That is some serious time there. And um, when you go there, you realize like the visiting rooms are full of black and brown families. And uh, there's something really broken in a system that sends that many people from those communities away, right? It's not proportionate. A lot of those folks went in there very young, you know, with these super harsh sentences. And what I've learned from making this this film is that, you know, we, we look at the courts as somehow like the place where all this gets resolved. And really, they're just a cleanup crew. You know, they're not there to address the reasons why people are you know, in trouble in the first place. And I always like to um, think about Sanson's sentence in terms of like what's happened to other people, right? Like, so life without parole is probably the harshest thing you can get in America outside of the death penalty. So like the Parkland shooter in Florida, he's got life without parole. So so how's that equal, right? Like uh, somebody who was driving, how, how is... Sanson not deemed worthy of rehabilitation and and just doing something with his life, contributing something, you know, uh, if, you know, giving him uh, some hope of of being able to go back into the world and and maybe do something different. I think is very important. Uh, instead, you know, he he's been taking that away, and and so you see, like you know, this giant system that sometimes feels so alien, right? For me, yes, he's an immigrant. He's he's also uh, an inmate. All these feel like niche stories, but in reality, his story is like the Odyssey. You know, he's going through a lot, and his tiny path in life is very important. There's so much drama. There's so much tension. There's so much wisdom in it. Um, so I, I I wanted the film to be very beautiful for that reason, because I wanted it to feel like, wow, you're entering like an epic, an epic story. You know, I, I, I was thinking of of of, you know, films like Rossellini's films, but also films like, you know, like Sergio Leone. Like there's something epic about Sanson, you know, and his struggles are very endearing. Um, you know, he's like an Oliver Twist character you know, trying to make sense of his life and not give up and trying to keep his voice alive. I, I really think that makes him universal, you know? I mean, some of those are the most universal stories, um, that that epic journey of, of a little kid growing up to be a man. And so hopefully when people see the film, they'll understand all the, the interplay of all this and also enjoy the story, really kind of open their hearts to the story. It's a beautifully done film. Um, it is. It's an interesting story with so many different elements, as we've been talking about. And among the more, 
I would say more unique, but it's a unique experience cinematically, the way it, the story unfolds, the way that we are introduced to people along the way. And at the same time, as you said, his story is unfortunately not all that unusual or unique in that sense that you just described. The idea that someone who commits a crime at 19 with no prior record is suddenly now among the most reprehensible and violent people in the system or placed in a, where that is the case for most for many of those people. That's another whole discussion. I don't think we want to go down that rabbit hole right now, but incarceration, the idea of rehabilitation and punishment and how we do that in this country. But it's certainly a, a subtext in this film. And I think it's something that people will be talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, independently of, of you know, whether people label themselves as conservative or liberal, if we want to fix this problem of having people doing these really long sentences in prison, we have to be willing to to listen and we have to be willing to enter people's stories and ask other questions instead of just like, where were you at what time? You know, what place? You know, all these factual questions. Let's ask the deeper questions around our society, right? I mean, who who is held responsible, for instance, for the fact that Sanson was an orphan at seven? You don't have the same path in life. I mean, anyone with common sense knows that. Like, if you, if you have that much trauma as a kid, your odds are pretty low um, in succeeding. And, and so how do we change that? You know, I think the answer is very different depending on your context. There's lots of Sansones out there. You know, if you're watching this in Utah or Texas, you know, your town is going to have a couple of Sansones, you know, in its in its recent history, right? You might know somebody. Um, what could have been done differently, right? Um, that's the question. And um, at the same time, you know, this isn't like, you know, like a savior film. This isn't trying to pretend that, you know, Sanson is like an angel and needs to be released and he's wrongfully accused. We're we're talking about like a deeper humanity that could help a lot of other people, you know. So I'm excited for the release of the film because I think it's going to start a lot of conversations. People are going to see their lives in it. They might see their communities um, and, and they might see an opportunity to tell different stories about, you know, this this context that we're we're discussing of mass incarceration, and immigration and everything. The film, again, is called Sanson and Me, and we've been talking with the producer and director of the film, this wonderful film, Rodrigo Reyes. Rodrigo, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio. Oh, it was awesome, Mike. It was awesome, and thank you for your work. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 